And welcome in on this Monday, the Killcoin Conversation, talking to two different folks, love talking to both. Bob McCormick, longtime high school coach, former high school star, back in the day at CBC, and then he played at Umsel, but now he's got his Priory Ravens winning a district championship for the first time in 55 years. We thought we'd give Bob a little love for that accomplishment. I know for the school and the alums, that is a huge deal. So we'll talk basketball with Bobby Mack and also Kelly Chase, the former Blues enforcer, long time on the radio, Blues ambassador. I'm not really even sure what else you need to say title-wise for Chaser. And we did mention on the show when the news came out he was battling leukemia. I think we found out maybe in November. And we had talked about doing an interview, and he said, I don't want to do anything until I get up and running, until I beat this thing. And he's currently in remission. So it's a lengthy visit with Kelly Chase, and we're also promoting an event he's going to have. They're trying to raise money for research. You'll hear it's a lengthy interview, a lot of emotion involved. When you think of Kelly Chase, you think of the tough guy throwing punches, and he's still tough as nails because he's taken on cancer, but very emotional, talking about his fears, the battle. He was at Siteman Cancer Center on three different occasions. He wasn't sure how many days total, but I think we're talking 60 days at least in the hospital since November. Uh, but the best news of all, he is in remission currently. And you know how that is. I mean, you still have leukemia. You're going back, you're getting checked. Fingers crossed, prayers at all times. But he shares the whole story in uh, in chaser style. A lot of jokes in there. A lot of storytelling involving Twister a little bit as well. So hopefully you will enjoy the visit, and if you can, make it out there. It's April 5th. It's going to be a Blues alumni game coached by Brett Hall. Beer in hand. Hully will be coaching on one side. Sean Payton is the other coach for the NHL alumni. And you look at the rosters. Okay, Chelios will be here. That's cool. Chris Chelios. I think Gretzky's going to be there. Eddie Belfour. That's kind of fun. Why is Sean Payton there? The head coach of the Denver Broncos, also the former head coach of the New Orleans Saints, he's a friend of Chasers. They've met in Idaho at, you know, like a summer cabin, cottage-type setup or whatever. So he's gotten to know him. So Sean Payton in the middle of draft preps and NFL free agency is coming into town April 5th on that Friday night. Dirk Bentley, the country singer, is uh, lacing him up and skating and playing hockey. I think he's trying to get Garth Brooks to be a part of it. So it's going to be a great night. I believe the title is, got to be careful, I think believe it's Puck Cancer on Friday, April 5th at Centene Community Ice Center. Uh, we get to that towards the end of the interview, but I don't want people to forget about that piece. We'll keep reminding you, too. Again, they're raising money, and he talks about it in the interview. Research is what he thinks the money needs to go towards. And uh, his personal battle, this is something he's the toughest battle he's ever been in, and we know that he's been a tough guy. And I, I do think it's interesting for years – as a player, as a broadcaster, and then just as a uh, St. Louis citizen, Chaser was always going to the hospital visiting people. There were always pictures of him giving out a jersey or fist bumping somebody, and now it was the reverse. He was the patient. Guys like Gretzky and Twister and Baruby were coming to see him. So Kelly Chase will be in our next segment. Again, lengthy interview, and it's our first chance to hear from him about getting the news, finding out he had leukemia, then that battle to just get through it, to fight through it. And again, good news that right now he is in remission. Later, Brendan Weesey and I will break down all of the sports headlines. We'll get to that towards the end of the show. Also want to tell you about Illinois Recovery Center. They're located in Swansea, Illinois, opened in 2023. Illinois Recovery Center is just that, a recovery center. And what you're going to recover is your life. So many folks dealing with addiction, whether it's alcohol or drugs. Maybe it's a loved one. Could be a colleague, family member, neighbor. Doesn't matter. If they're dealing with this, you know they need help. They need hope. And they can get it at Illinois Recovery Center. Professional staff, variety of evidence-based treatment programs. That includes group therapy, individual therapy. It's a great campus. I keep calling it a campus. When you go there, you'll see all of the buildings gutted, brand new on the inside, the perfect place to clear your head, get your life back on track. IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. You can find out more, read their story. Alcohol or drugs, inpatient, residential, outpatient, 
whatever program you're looking for. It's IRC in Swansea, Illinois, not far at all from downtown St. Louis. Safe, inclusive environment. Going to bring you that peace of mind you've been looking for. It's IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. How did well, you and I have not talked officially? I mean, when did you find out, or how? What were you under the weather? What all transpired? Yeah, it was weird. I, I just had some infections that, like small things, my ankle and my foot, and um, and in my tooth, uh, an implant that I, I just couldn't get infection out of. And I went to this great doctor, Trish Herford, and she just said, I'm going to take some blood work and just kind of check and see if you're all right with everything. I was on a Friday, and on Monday morning, she was texting me, telling me not to go in for my surgery and on my mouth, and I was already in there. And I'm like, why? Just call me. And she said, I'm on a plane. I can't call you. Don't do the surgery. And, of course, I did the surgery, you know. Um, did talk to the surgeon. He's like, listen, you have an infection in there that if we don't get rid of, gonna be a problem you're gonna get some kind of you know blood infection and then you're really gonna have a problem so I um, I let them cut this the implant out shave the bone off my jaw compact it with uh, cadaver bone and then sew it back up and when I got in the lobby, she was screaming at me on the phone, why did you do that? I told you not to do that. Are you bleeding a lot? And I said, no, I'm hardly bleeding at all. Uh, clearly didn't know me, you know, not much of a bleeder. And uh, just, she said, go to Siteman's. I need you to go there right now. Siteman's, what the hell am I going to Siteman's for? Like, it's a cancer hospital. I went there, and within an hour and a half, they had done blood work and told me that I had. I went in this room with this really smart doctor who's, I call him, he's a little cocky, but he's my buddy, and he's, I love him. I don't know if he's cocky, he's just smart. And he said to me, I don't have a clue who you are, and I don't have a clue anything about hockey. But these two doctors that are standing in here right now seem to think you're the toughest guy that walked in the soil of St. Louis. And the 24 people on the other side of this wall are concerned about you, which means I gotta get you better. And are you good with that? And I said, yeah, I am. My name's uh, Ramsey Aboud, and you and I are gonna make a plan and I'm gonna get you better. I said, okay. He said, cause you, you've got leukemia and it's an aggressive type of leukemia. And I think we need to make a plan. Do you need to call anybody? And I said, no. And he said, okay, I see you're married. Do you want to call your wife? I said, no, she's not in town. I'll fill her in, you know, after we make a plan or a decision on what we're going to do. And she said, and he said, okay. We sat down and we talked about what I had and what causes it to comp continue to repeat itself as a bad blood cells and chromosomes. And, and then we talked about how we were going to do, you know, what we're going to do with the cure and then about a trial that they had going on and that he thought it fit for me. And so um, I did that. I agreed to do the trial. And uh, he had me set up for a bone marrow, uh, bone marrow biopsy the next day. I had a bone marrow biopsy the next day. I got extremely sick that night. I ended up in the hospital the next day and they just kept me in. They said, you know, I was supposed to go for nine days before his chemo started. They just kept me in, I was sick and just said, you're staying in. So we went through some infection stuff and some surgeries to get rid of infections and my heart stopping a couple times and them having to fix that and you know, I don't remember much of it, but I remember it being the first time in my life where, where I didn't think I was in control. So, you know, I, I've, I've repeated this, but I've said, you know, when I speak in gatherings of leaderships, I talk about reading the paper. If you're gonna be a leader, just read the paper. And what I mean by that is when you look 
on a plane and you're playing cards and you're in a card game and the captain's flying a plane and his doors are open and the plane starts to hit turbulence and they just keep reading the paper, you just go back to the card game. If they start reaching for masks and seat belts, you start panicking a little bit. So if you're the leader of that ship, just read the paper. And so it was the first time I told my son, I need you to get me to the hospital. I don't feel very well. I think I had 104.4 or 105 temperature. And that's something never heard in the Chase house, drive me to a hospital, not out of me. Um, And then I don't really remember much about being in there the first 10 days because I didn't get chemo right away because of all the infections I had. And I had surgery on my back end because of an infection that started as a little cyst and turned out to be the size of a pear. You know, and then we had to wait 48 hours to do chemo because my heart had quit and watched get it going again. And then after that, I started coming around and kind of knowing a little bit about what the battle was. I've never minded fighting. I just like to see the size of the guy. And I had no clue if this guy threw with his right, his left, if he could take a punch. I got news for you. If you're going to pick a fight, don't pick this guy. He's tough. He can take a punch. How many days in the hospital? You had two different stints, is that right? Three now. Three different stints for how many days? And I'm not positive of the number of days, but I would say um, close to 70 or 80 days in the hospital. And all your life, you've been going to hospitals. You've been visiting people, yeah. talking to kids and telling yeah. people to get better. Was it a little surreal? Now you're, you're the guy people are, I know Chief told me, I got to go see Chaser and Gretzky's going to see. A little different, right? Is it a little surreal? You know what? The, the, it became... You get what you, what, you, what you would call chemo brain or chemo fog, I guess they call it, whatever it is, but I felt this sense of um, anxiety or this sense of um, that I had to help people and I put the pressure on myself. I had a kid beside me, she was 23 years old, getting bone marrow transplant and I think she was kind of giving up just speaking with her parents and they came in and talked to me so I went in and talked to her a little bit, and she was a huge Blues fan, and I get her a jersey. And my son brought a jersey, and I sat with her a few nights, and then I talked to her about kind of the food she was eating and the habits and said, look, you know, like, you have an electric car? Would you put water in your electric car to get it run? No. Why are you eating the way you're eating? Put some fuel in there that's going to make you feel better. We've got to get you out of here. You can't go to a Blues game with me if you're, not in, if you're sitting in here. And then Shenner came by, and he, he came by quite often. And Jackman, Twist, you know, those guys were there all the time. And one day I just said to Shenner, Shenner, you gotta meet this kid. And I went next door and I banged on her door and asked her to come in, asked if I could come in, and she came in. She met Shenner, took a picture with him, and it was like, there's a saying about five minutes of your time is worth more than 5,000 of your dollars. And it was never more evident than that moment, you know. And it changed the kid. And so I think there were times where I put pressure on myself. I'm I'm constant contact with a firefighter who, you know, was having a lot of trouble. He was really fighting depression with it. And I said to him, I said, like, you'll run in a burning building to save somebody that's you don't even know. It's maybe half the quality of person that you are, and you're not, and you're having trouble. You're quitting on this. You, you, you got two beautiful daughters and a wife, and you won't fight for them. Like that's new to me. And he and he did. He, he came around, and he's doing great. And, and leukemia wears you down in so many ways because there's so many different types of it. You know, it gets the best of you in so many different ways. And my first two rounds. I was riding a Peloton. They said, you'll never ride that Peloton. Three days, you'll be off that thing. You'll be laying underneath it. I made him a bet. 
24 days, I rode that Peloton. I did, told them I was going to do 100 push-ups a day. I did 100 push-ups a day, 100 sit-ups a day. I did 100 sit-ups a day, and I said I was going to walk 10 miles. I was going to walk more than seven miles a day, and I got up to 10 miles a day walking in the hospital. Ended up snapping my, pellet, uh, my patella tendon, getting out of a chair, just because your bones and your tendons get so weak and they brittle. But it really, I mean, honestly, like it hit, it hit home with me when I started being married to my bed. When all of a sudden my patella tendon was snapped and I was in a wheelchair and the only thing I could do was roll around in a wheelchair and get in my bed and then I started struggling with it a bit, you know, and I... You feel sorry for yourself at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I told this story earlier, but, you know, I made a deal with the doctor and I did 2,800 push-ups and 2,800 sit-ups, so I was 400 to the good on both of them. Did all my bike rides, 35 to 45 minutes, and had all these walks, and he didn't show up for the two days he was supposed to show up because he was at a seminar. And I would have had numbers good enough to get out, and I, I, wasn't, I was in a bad place. And um, I challenged him when he came in and just said, this is wrong, you, you can't keep your word, you know? And first of all, let me back up. I got in the shower and had a breakdown. So on my knees hyperventilating. And so you do what any sane person does when they dry off, they call Twister. <laughs> and I called him and you know the scene in the town where Ben Affleck says, hey, I'm gonna ask you to do something that's not very good. And we're gonna never talk about it again and we're gonna hurt some people. And Remy's laying on the couch. He sits up and he says, whose car are we taking? That's Twister. And people talk about having 3 a.m. people. There's a guy you call at 6 and he'll, yeah, I'll come and help you. Guy you call in the afternoon, yeah, I'll come and help you move tonight or whatever. Then there's a guy you call at 3 a.m. And that's a bad <laughs> And that guy's coming to help you. Okay. Well, it was 11. And the only thing he asked me was, he knew, he said, are you all right? And I said, I am. And he said, are you hooked up to anything? And I said, no. He said, I'll be there in 25 minutes. So I was leaving the hospital. Not the greatest plan when you have leukemia. But you were allowed to leave at this point. No, I was no. not allowed to leave. Okay. <laughs> I was leaving. That's why Twister's small. <laughs> so Twister, I called him 10 minutes later and stopped him. And I said, hey, listen. It's a bad idea. Come at 8.30 in the morning after the doctors have seen me. No one's going to look for me till 4. He goes, what do I need to bring? I said, bring two hockey bags and a truck because I got this Peloton. And I said, I need to get out of here. I'm going to lose my mind. And once the doctor sees me, we can go. So he shows up in the morning. He's got the janitor laundry cart deal going. And who knows where he's got the express employee uh, pass for the elevator, but he's got himself a swipe card twister. <laughs> Twisters found a way, and um, we pack up the bags, put the Christmas tree folded down that my wife thought I needed because I was going to be in there over Christmas. It's the 22nd of December. Got all the lights rolled up, all of the stuff that people have sent over, and pack it all in. He says, "You see my truck down there?" And I look, and he in emergency and he's got his truck there with pylons around it and the flashers on and, and, he, and a hoist to get the bike on. He says, I need a sheet for that Peloton. So I stripped down my bed, threw all of this soiled linen stuff in the thing and give him the sheet for there. And the doctor walked in. I go, oh, look who showed up. I go, two days late, work's done. Look who showed up. He goes, I know, I know. I was at a seminar and he's kind of, you know, casual. Twister and I aren't casual. Well, you were seriously pissed off. I was pissed off. Yeah. Pissed off. And he goes, Mom, relax, relax. And I'm like, relax. You gave me your word. You can keep your word. And he sees Twister and he looks and he says, uh, well, I'm going to discharge you today. He goes, hi, I'm Ramsey Abood. 
And Twister goes, Tony, is you a hockey player, Tony? He goes, nope. Just stands there, intimidating as hell, <laughs> scaring <laughs> the doctor. And the doctor, go, doctor goes, well, I'm going to discharge you today. You okay with that? I go, are you? Are you actually going to do it? And he goes, yeah. I said, okay, then I'm okay with it. Mm. Are you okay with it, Tony? Tony goes, oh, I knew he was leaving today. Either I way. just didn't know how he was getting the Peloton out of here without anybody seeing me. <laughs> so. That was your first time leaving. At, the, at that point, Twister left with the bike. No use me leaving. I can wait for my wife now because I'm actually leaving, right. legally leaving. And he goes crazy on me. What's wrong with you hockey players? You don't have the flu. You got leukemia. On the 27th, that was the 22nd, on the 27th of December, he called me in to get a bone biopsy. I was getting a bone biopsy, and he asked me when I'd like to start my second round, which I wasn't supposed to start until February. But I'd really done well with the treatment. And I said, uh, I want to start today. And he started laughing, and his nurses were laughing, and they said, well, we knew you were going to say that, but we don't even have beds available. So I went in and got vitals, and when they come back, they gave me the 1st of January start mine. But there was a different mood in there, and this doctor has decided, my doctor, who I love, has decided to tell my wife the story about Twist taking me out of there. <laughs> so that didn't go over real well. So he said, I'm going to make you an outpatient. I'm going to make you, you know, do seven days of chemo, and then you're, gonna, uh, you're going to... Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, be an outpatient. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Um, going to be an outpatient. And I'm no immune system, no platelets, no white blood cell count. But we'll just let you out. How does that sound? I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I don't know anything. Nothing. And she goes, yeah, and you're not moving in with me. You can move in with Twist. <laughs> so that turned the corner, and I, I caught some hell. And, and that, that message was to take it serious, right? Take like it serious, a, yeah. you know, and I did. And, of course, Twister stayed away from my wife for a minute and <laughs> wasn't his fault. But I was going to make better decisions, even with that chemo brain and the feeling sorry for yourself and whatever else, because you have those moments where you just, and you know tomorrow's going to be a better day, but when you're aching and you're sore, and you're sitting there and you're by yourself, it's, you know, you gotta have them, you gotta be, a, you better be mentally tough if you're gonna fight this guy. And in remission right now, is that right? Yeah, I'm so, in remission right now and still have two rounds to go. Um, but that's huge, right? It's huge, huge. I got, you know, my bones ache pretty bad from this last round and, I'm in, you know, you're in a lot of pain when it comes to that, you get tired. But, I mean, you see people that are in there that are really having a hard time, and I feel like, I don't feel like I'm the norm anyway. Like, I don't think you can take a guy that played in this room and then and give him some obscure diagnosis and statistics. Cause, because when they would come in and ask me, well, what's the, your pain? scale to one to ten what do you tell them do you tell them do you tell them ten because you want some meds because you cause you know because you want to feel better or do you tell them it's a four because I broke my arm I dislocated my elbow I broke my feet you know I've had three knee surgeries broke my nose five times broke both my hands is that what, like what do you tell them because we're not the norm. So when they come in and ask a question like that, it's the stupidest question in the world to ask an athlete or an ex-athlete. Because... Because you don't acknowledge pain the way most people do. Well, you, the one thing your body doesn't do, it doesn't, remember, it doesn't remember pain. So it doesn't remember the pain threshold. You know you were in a lot of it at one point. Mm -hmm. But like when you're laying there in bed and, and I've tore the patella tendon off my knee, you know, which happened. I know it hurts, and I know I got to be in a wheelchair. But is it an eight, or is it a four? You know, do I get more of something because it's an eight? I'll tell you, 
it freaking hurts. But you're not going to pull numbers off of us that make any sense on whether we're going to beat it or not. So when he asked me if I wanted those numbers, was you know, do you want a diagnosis? He said no. And when he said, you sure? I said, yeah, there's winning, losing teams, right? He said, yeah, it's winners and losers. I said, then get me on the right team. He's got to get in the right team. That's all, it's, that's all this is, get on the winning team. And, you know, if you ask those questions and they start giving you, I don't know, they start giving you answers about percentages, well, there's been 7,990 7, players play one game or more in the NHL in 120 years. So take those statistics and put them up against leukemia statistics and whether or not you think I'm going to win this battle. I mean... Are you afraid? I was afraid. I'm not now. I'm not now. I don't know if I was afraid. I think it was the first time, I, I've said this before, I think it's the first time in my life where I had to acknowledge that I needed help, that I couldn't help myself. And the part of that that sucks is, is that, you know, my wife walked into the, in, into the hospital room with three kids that were supposed to be away playing hockey. And that's when, you know, you've fought for everybody your whole life. And that's when you know, this is gonna get real because that's way more important to fight for. And for me, I was, I was younger when my dad passed away and I just, I don't want that for them. Mm -hmm. You know? How about the outpouring? I saw at the December game, fans yeah. were going crazy. Yeah, How that about was just in general, I, you probably have heard from a ton. You've, yeah. Uh, it's you, unbelievable, the outpouring. Gretzky bullied me into going to that game, him and Caruso. <laughs> Mike Caruso's sent more videos to me like what Mike Caruso has done to it just it you know to get video and to get guys to just take the time to send them like there's thousands of people Gretz bullied me into going to the game because I was out come on fans want to see you you know and oh I wasn't ready to see the fans yet because I was going to be emotional which I thought I did a pretty good job of holding it together um and yet, um, I would see an usher and they'd start to cry. And I would see somebody working a concession and they'd, they'd start to cry. Or, or working at the door, the elevator, they'd cry. And that was hard. Um, the funny thing about that game is I walked, I came home and I said to my wife, well, I was with Twister, and I said, you know, People are scared. She said, they're not scared. People aren't scared. And I said, no, they are. I'm scared. And she said, no, they're not scared of you. I said, they're not scared of me. They're scared for me. Because you're, you know, you've, you're built in this city to be a blue-collar guy. And then you're, you deliver what you delivered as a player. And then you try to be a good human being. And they look at you like, holy shit, this big, strong guy's dying. I said, I can tell they're scared. She said, no. I said, listen, here's the difference between me and you. I made a living out of knowing when people are scared. They're scared. And Twister said, Raylan, they're scared. So... So now you're doing something about it. You told me this early on. You, if you're going to do something, it's going to be to help the cause. You're getting the gang together. You're getting some friends. Tell folks, April 5th. Yeah. Right April, here. 
Yeah, right here at Centene. So what, what we did was, we wanted to throw a game together where it was fun, where we could have entertainment all night. So we, we've got a band playing during the game. Uh, Craig Nienhouse, we got a, we got guys that are entertainers that are gonna play in the game. Trevor Rosen from Old Dominion's playing. Dirk Bentley's playing in the game. Um, you know, I've been bugging Garth all week to see if he'll come and coach. Coach Payton's got blocked off eight ice times from Denver. He's going to... Sean Payton, the Denver Broncos coach. That one caught everybody off guard. Yeah, he's my buddy. He, we, we live in the same place in Idaho in the summer. Uh, coach is going to put on gear. He's going to take warm-up and decide whether he's going to play or not. Uh, I told him there's no use messing up the summer of golf. Just... Right. Don't worry about it. So he'll coach. He'll coach. Holly's going to coach. Holly's going to coach. D.B. Sweeney, um, Dave Coulier's playing in the game. Um, so Chelios, Belfour. Chelios and Belfour. So we'll playing. have some people to boo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so people to boo. Tony Granato is going to be a big part of this. You know, he's got he's got leukemia. He's battling it. Troy Murray's going to come to town. He's got cancer. You know, we will make an announcement about. Another one of our players that's really having a going down the same path and wants to keep it to himself right now, but it's going to surprise a lot of people. But it hits home with a lot of you, and um, all these guys are going to come. There's general admission tickets, and then there's VIP tickets. Uh, general admission, I think, are fifty dollars. The VIP tickets are five hundred. There's five hundred of them out there, um, and it's just going to be a party. To, you know, I called. I called Gretz today, said, get out of it. He's got a gig at TNT. I said, get out of it. We need you here. So we've got He's a lot of Gretz, guys. He's so you can do whatever he wants, right? That's what I said. I said, if you're, any good, if you're worth your salt, you're going to be there. So Gretz will be there. Um, we'll have a good grouping of guys and a fun grouping of guys. And, and most importantly, like, we're able to help a lot of people because of the platform that we had as players. Now with cancer, there's just that many more people that, we can help, you know, because you're kind of an inch deep and a mile wide when you're playing and trying to help everybody. And even when you get done a little bit, this gets you to dig in a little bit. So with the Jimmy V Foundation and Siteman's, we can put our conglomerate together and see if there's something we can't do and um, raise some money and have it more specific to research rather than maybe building another parking garage or some things that I also know come along with hospitals, but I'd sure like to be, I'd sure like to be able to um, help a kid or two or, or be able to say that we did something for that fireman or that kid that was 23 that needed bone marrow and maybe was quitting a little bit. And it's a lot like the Layla story too, where it was awareness, you know? That's like, all it is, you know? They're doing such great stuff if we can just give them the money for the research to continue to find ways to help us. Because 10 years ago, I don't know if I'd have the same outlook. Well, I don't know if I'd have the same perspectives. I'd have the same outlook. I don't know if I'd be sitting here talking to you. Mm. I'd probably be laying in there for the full, you know, five or six months. Mm. And for me, look, my family is the most important thing to me. My boys. You know, so if, 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 if they have a kid that I can help or they know a kid that I can help, because we all run into it, it's coming, you know. It just punched me in the nose, I wasn't ready. And like I said, I don't fight, but I'd like to see the size of the guy. I'd like to know if he fights with his right hand or his left hand or take a punch or whatever it is. But I didn't know what the hell I was getting in the ring with on this one, and now I know. And I'm going to win. Right now we're talking basketball. The one, the only, Bobby Mack. Bob McCormick, head basketball coach at Priory. And they are coming off a district title, their first in 55 years. Bobby was probably, let's see, kindergarten. It doesn't matter. Okay. Bob, welcome to the show. Congrats. What a fun weekend for you and the program. Oh, my goodness, Martin. Thank you so much. Just so you know, I was actually six years old when it happened. Okay. I wasn't at the, I wasn't at the game. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, thanks for thanks for having me on, and it's 
I think everybody around here at Priory is still on a little bit of a high just because it's been so long. And uh, you know what? It's it's a great feeling, and we're we're happy for these uh, these young men that worked so hard over the last. Uh, five or six months. I even saw on Twitter people saying, oh, my senior year we got to this point or we lost to this team. How much do you hear from alums about, you know, they're excited for you guys, but also their own story? Yeah, I was uh, I was actually talking to a couple of uh, faculty members this morning. Since Saturday, a combined text and emails is well over a hundred, and uh, many of them are former players that... Uh, that just couldn't quite get there. And I reminded them that, that the, the kids that I'm coaching now have said, we're doing this for all those guys that couldn't do it before us and us. So, uh, you know, they're just great kids, and they're very, very grateful. What year for you at Priory? About 11, 12? This is my 11th year. Yeah, and we've been in, uh, we've been in three district finals and uh, never gotten over the hump, and that's why the, I think this one feels so good. And the student body was in full force out there at Duchenne uh, when we beat Whitfield the other day. And we actually gathered for a team picture, and then all the, the student body got in front of us and uh, took, took an entire picture of everybody that was there. It was, it was really something to see. What's the enrollment there, high school, for Priory? How many kids are uh, 9 through 12? Is we, that a- we, we, we have 220 kids in the high school, so... Uh, you know, we're small. The faculty to student ratio here is five to one. So you're getting a lot of individual attention. So uh, it's a very close, as you know, tight knit community. And everybody knows everybody. Not only does everybody know everybody, but they know something about their families. And uh, that's how I just close to this community is. And just for the sheer numbers, though, you're not, you know, you're talking about 50 kids per grade. You're not going to have a ton of kids coming out. And every kid there plays a sport, correct? They do. My motto since I got here 11 years ago is you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. That's my motto. <laughs> and every kid, every kid in the 7th and 8th grade, we're on trimesters, Martin, so Every kid has to uh, play a sport each trimester. Once you get to the high school, two of the three terms, you have to play a sport. So the kids are, that come here are getting the opportunity to do, to do some things that they normally wouldn't do at the other big schools. You get what you get, don't throw a fit. I think that's what Mazalek told Ollie last year about the roster. You get what you get. Bob, Bob McCormick on the line with us, longtime basketball coach, great run at CBC, and now in his 11th year at Priory, the Ravens. I still want to say, were they the Rebels before that? The Priory? No. Yeah, Rebel, Rebels before. Okay. We are the Ravens, the and Ravens. we got a big mascot, and uh, it's been it's been great. The Ravens, is uh, it's easy to uh, – when you switch over like that, Martin, you get new uniforms in every. Sport. Oh, nice! There's a there's a reason to there's a reason to switch names. Just that alone. Um, how about for you? What was year one coaching? Would it have been at Ladue? Yeah, nineteen ninety one. We uh, I took over that program in nineteen ninety one, and uh, when I interviewed for it, they said. Uh, Coach, we were three and twenty-four last year, but we got three starters back. And I said, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then my first year, we actually went twenty-one and seven and beat St. Louis U High. And they had Kevin Focal, uh, Kristen's brother. Uh, we beat him at Webster, fifty-six to fifty, for Ledoux's first ever district championship. Wow. It's, it all comes full circle circle for Bobby Mack. What about the job itself? How different is it from that first year at Ledoux to now? Is it the kids, the parents? What 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 are the challenges now that weren't there before? Um, I don't I don't know if the the challenges are really different. I think um, I think it really depends on the school that you're at. Um, I think being at Priory and dealing with with young men that know that they're coming here for for the best education in the state of Missouri, but also getting to play a sport is a real plus. Uh, my average ACT on my team right now is 30, so I'm basically the dumbest guy on the floor every day. I, I was I was just going to say they doubled yours in one test. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
but you know, I can put new plays in every day, and they have to remind me that I put that in the other day. I mean, it's so, <laughs> it's so, it's so true. Um, what about par- yeah, what about being, parents? Are they different? We always hear that. Do you experience that? Um, I don't experience here at Priory um, just because they they they're very grateful to, to for their their son to be able to play a sport and. Uh, it's just been icing on the cake uh, when in a district. You know, we're 14 and 14 right now, Martin, and most 500 teams don't uh, don't get out of the district. So it's a real tribute to not only the parents making sacrifices for their boys, but, but also the way this team has come together here late in the season. It's amazing. I've got a point guard for you. He's only in seventh grade, but you keep an eye on that young Hartwager, okay? He could be your ball handler down there. You tell John to keep him in school there. Hey, Andrew's uh, Andrew's one of my favorites. They're all my favorites, but right. Andrew can can really handle the rock, and uh, he's a, he's a he's a real team leader for sure. This feels like a village bar discussion going on right now. McCormick, Hartwager, uh, Kilcoin talking about future point guards. Uh, okay, so tell us about what's next. And it's great that you advance, but it just gets tougher, right? It does. We uh, we have to travel tomorrow. The bus is leaving around two. We're traveling to. Palmyra, Missouri, and playing a team that is 26-1, and one. and uh, we've been looking at tape on them since Saturday afternoon, since the district uh, final, and uh, they're going to be a tough team, especially with, uh, with, with that hometown crowd and uh, having to play them on their home court. Their only loss is against Quincy Notre Dame, which is a really good team, so they've had a great year, and uh, it's going to be a real challenge for us. All right, I should know this. Palmyra, where is that? It's right, kind of right next to Hannibal. Okay. So, and we actually have a player on my team that signed a letter of intent to play at Hannibal Lagrange. So, it'll be like going home for him. So, oh, okay. it's, uh, it'll be fun. You know, what one of my point guards, uh, Miles Garcia, I said, he said at the assembly today. We had an assembly this morning. He says, "Listen, even if you're not going to the game." buy the tickets because if you don't buy them they have to send them back to palmyra and they'll get them (laughs) (laughs) that's the he says even if you're not going so that's the way my priory guys think wow they don't want to pack the gym with with all palmyra there's that there's that 30 act coming into play maybe you could just take that wilson kid and stick him back in the lineup see if anybody notices (laughs) (laughs) um how about the camps the bobby mack camps are legendary not just for the six dollar hot dogs but they're legendary for the instruction (laughs) uh are those for for you they're only three right are they so is it summer year round remind folks because we got listeners their kids or grandkids or aspiring ball players these are some of the best camps around when do those take place yeah so i this coming summer i have nine weeks of camp uh, but mixed in within that is uh some one-day camps i just had a president's day camp just had a martin luther king camp i have a good friday camp coming up and i'm hoping it's a good friday and then uh i actually uh have some stuff actually in the fall um in the evening time on Tuesday nights where, where we play, uh, do some uh, station work for an hour and then do some three-on-three work. So it's really good. The opportunities are there. It's, it's not quite year-round, but it's enough uh, to, to uh, you know, work on your fundamentals. He sounds like he's rifling through the catalog as we speak. Where do they go, where's, where do they go online to get all that info? Uh, they can go, they can Google me or they can go to schoolu.com. Like I'm gonna school you out on the schoolyard. S C H O O L Y O U dot com, and just click on uh, click on online registration, and you can see all the dates. It's awesome. Bobby Mack, the one, the only, checking in with us. Congrats on that district title over at Priory, and uh, best of luck. Except for if they're listening in Palmyra, now I feel bad. But best of luck in that <laughs> in that next round. All right, Martin. Bobby Mack, busy guy. Sounds like he was walking the campus there. Was he attacked by a squirrel? We could barely get him to say goodbye without the papers ruffling. You know what he is? He's game planning. He's prepping. Good luck to the Ravens. Hey, good luck to you if you need a new furnace, and I can help you with that. It's not luck. It's a good decision.
AAA Home Services, been around St. Louis for 54 years now, an independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. And if you're in the market for a new furnace, air conditioning, HVAC unit, now is the time. Best rebates all year available right now at aaastlstl.com. aaastl.com. Slow down. I'm too excited to tell you about this. Great rebates. You're saving money on something you absolutely need. And you know if you've been putting it off, waiting for the best deals around, now is that time. At AAA Home Services, where they've got all your home service needs, whether it's plumbing, electrical, appliance repair, heating and cooling, of course. When you call, they'll get out there quickly. If not the same day, then the next day, because we know when you call, it's usually a bit of an emergency. AAA has got you covered. AAASTL.com, that's where you can set up an appointment read about the latest rebates and all about the company, or call, set up the appointment at 636-397-3200. 636-397-3200. For all your home services needs, it's AAA. And when I say they're on the way, that is good news. And joined now by Brendan Weesey, sports director at KTRS. So much on deck this week. The Blues have three games. They're in the middle of a stretch of eight out of nine on the road, we've got City SC playing twice, Tuesday in Houston. Brendan, that's the CONCACAF match. CONCACAF tomorrow. Saturday, City Park. They're back home. That's MLS. That's with New York FC, which is different than the Red Bulls, right? This is not Bradley Carnell's former team. It is not. That would be a tremendous story, but it, it is a team that I don't believe they played at all last year. Certainly, I think their first time coming through St. Louis. So there are a lot of those teams from the East they didn't see at all last season. So there is still this this newness of the league and these teams. So that will be something coming up this weekend. How about the messy goal last night? I don't know how many folks saw it, but Inter-Miami was playing LA Galaxy on the road. And early on, they said all the stars are out to see Messi because it's, it's great for the MLS to have that kind of limelight. And then he scored, what, in the 92nd minute to tie the game? It's I've I've found it interesting this last week week and a half that the the buzz around Messi playing in the MLS not what I thought it would be. Now he's still I mean again like last night the guy just delivers, but with MLS they they are doing less freebies for their season pass on and I on Apple TV Plus. Oh yeah, we found that out Saturday night at work. <laughs> we were looking for our free subscription <laughs> and it wasn't there. So there's a lot there's a lot less uh, there's a lot less of those. So I I'm I, I'm just I don't know why they're not really pushing the fact, hey, we've got Messi, we got Messi and all these standalone games or no other MLS games are going on at the same time and seemingly like last night where there aren't a lot of other sports happening. Just promote the heck of it and, and it feels like they're not doing that. Well, and when it's messy, it's kind of like City SC, although Saturday, a bit of a snoozer until you get a late goal, which is exciting. They call it the equalizer, Brendan, so they were able to get the equalizer. But for the most part, when they line up at home, it's usually exciting or thrilling. It feels like messy. It's not even magic fairy dust. It's just talent. But when he's on the field, there's a decent chance he'll do something special. It's exactly. unbelievable. Almost a guarantee. And yeah. It's It's incredible. And it, it's great for the league. I just wonder how many people are going to be tuned in. That it's stateside anyway. If you find it, like, oh yeah, he's playing. Then you're like, you're you're, you're locked in. You're glued in, right? But you do have to know he's playing first. And and uh, I don't think they've done a great job of that yet. Uh, we mentioned that Bannister bump when Drew Bannister took over as the Blues head coach. We may have hit the Bannister bubble. I don't know. Uh, you they, can still say Bannister bump, bump in the road now, yeah, right? Bump it's, in the road. Uh, all, tough. Yeah, awful Saturday in Detroit. Now they play at Winnipeg, Edmonton back-to-back. Again, eight out of nine are on the road. Nashville, by the way, has won five in a row, four points ahead of the Blues. They have played two more games, but it does seem like the Predators, now it's only February, still got a little ways to go here, but it feels like the Predators have found that next gear that the Blues had for a minute. They, they had it, and they've lost it, and the fact that the coach benches some of your guys, you, you bench – Robert Thomas, you bench Cairo. Wouldn't that be something if we come full circle and and Cairo becomes a problem again, like he did <laughs> at the end of Chiefs tenure? Uh, it seems like just yesterday, but he's kind of been on his best behavior and has played pretty well for the most part for the Blues. And I just think for Doug Armstrong, how do you 
how do you put together a game plan here for the you know before the deadline and and, and for the rest of the year? What does this team look like? You don't want to. I don't think you want to punt it like you did last year. I don't think it's necessary to punt it like last year. But you certainly can't go for it. You can't make moves to say let's win now. You can't do that. But do you move some pieces that can help you right now in the interest of next year and beyond? I, I think Army's in a tough spot, kind of a hybrid of what he did last year, but still maybe anticipating you can hang in this thing. Yeah, I feel like Armstrong is sort of still in a sell mode, like kind of we're still cleaning things up around right, here. Right. Although getting rid of Buchnevich confuses me because I feel like that's a guy you'd, I think I'd want to keep. You'd want to have around. Even, I'm not arguing his value may be at its peak right now, and that's tempting to sell high, but I also kind of think I wouldn't mind keeping that guy around. Uh, Cardinal related, they opened up over the weekend – First couple of games of Grapefruit League play now on this Monday. We got a new uh, report. Matt Carpenter scratched from Monday's game due to left wrist contusion. And it's not officially Matt Carpenter season until there's a back tightness, right? <laughs> Pre-game back tightness. So Carpenter, does he have to make this team or is he already on the team? You, they talk like he's on the team, don't they? They do talk like that, and I don't, I don't know why they do because what – other than the intangible of leadership and nostalgia, what does Carpenter bring to the table? Does he still have the position versatility? I mean, I guess he can play anywhere. Does he play anywhere and everywhere well? I'm not sure about that. The guy can draw a walk, I imagine, still. But is this going to be Matt Carpenter, you know, 2.0 of, of hitting 175? And if and I, I said this to you a week or so ago, if Carpenter's on the team at the expense of somebody like Alec Burleson, don't do it. There's no reason to do it. Burleson can hit. Maybe he doesn't have the positional versatility of a carpenter. But if it's intangibles, leadership, and all that jazz, man, can you hit? Can you still hit? If he can, maybe he's got some value. But uh, to answer your question, I think he should have to fight for a spot on this team. It should not be given by any stretch. It's not officially Matt Carpenter season until he has two at-bats and two walks, okay, <laughs> and then comes out of that game. Uh, also, Mason went on Sunday, three hits. That's encouraging. This guy... I think the paper said audition. The headline said he's not audition. Am I missing something? He is the shortstop. He's the he's the shortstop. But with concern and Edmonds still not available yet, they're apparently talking with free agent shortstop Brandon Crawford, formerly of the Giants. I can't believe like three years ago he was a top five MVP guy, uh, and, and now looking for a team, he'd be interesting. But that would there there is a drop off after after a win if you want to keep Edmond in the outfield. What do you do if there's no Mason win? Yeah, but if Edmund is healthy, okay, then he's your center fielder, but he's not even healthy for that, so then he can't really be the backup shortstop. Right. You could bring in Crawford, which is an interesting veteran guy, but do you have room for him and still a Matt Carpenter? Like, at some point, there's not room for everybody. I don't mind the Crawford idea. I bet you they'll pass because they don't really have a spot in mind. What is coming up on the Big Sports Show? Ben, with me here in a few minutes. I know we'll talk about that, Martin, and a little hoops value in the Big 550 at 8. All right, looking forward to that. It's next here on KTRS.